Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want us to look this morning here at uh, uh, things about healing again, and uh, oh, because it's so funny. Uh, many times we just think that uh, you know there's there's not going to be any help for me uh, where healing's concerned, and and that's just not true. I mean, uh, Jesus wants to help you. Oh, uh, and so let's go to. I'm going to go to Luke chapter four. And in uh, <clears throat> Luke chapter 4 here, uh, let's start down here at uh, where Jesus is. Uh, he goes to Galilee and he's going he's gonna to actually preach in the synagogue there. So this is Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit uh, into Galilee and there uh, went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Now, of course... The reason there was a fame about him is because he was helping people. Oh, how was he helping them? Well, just read the Bible yourself and you'll find that he was healing them. Oh, he was providing for them. It, there was just miracles. It, whatever human suffering was there, Jesus was there and helping these individuals. But anyway, he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and as was his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Oh. <clears throat> and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it's written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, I, I just want to point out, you know, all this we talk about the Spirit of God and what's the Spirit of God doing. You know, just simple faith in Jesus alone will get you excited. Watch what the Spirit of the Lord was there for. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel means good news, and he identified the poor. So what's so good news to somebody who might be poor? Well, your circumstances are going to change. We get the idea that God loves poverty. No, I don't love it. <laughs> when I'm short on money, and I'm short on this, and I don't have enough to do this, or I can't enjoy good things, you know, it bothers you. Oh, sure, you can say you're humble, and you can do without something, but uh, nice is better. Good clothes are better than bad clothes. And I'm telling you, Jesus wants us to be blessed. He really does. It's the story of the scriptures. Just read it for yourself. First thing he promised Abraham was he'd make him rich. Praise the Lord. Rich doesn't mean you're an evil person. Praise the Lord. It just Anyway, <clears throat> don't be ignorant of the Bible. The next thing he says, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Well, I thought all Jesus wanted to do was tell me to quit sinning. And Jesus wanted to make sure that I live such a strict life so that I would always please him. <laughs> well, it looks to me like the Spirit of God's interested in something else. Helping out poor people. And if you're sick, he's going to heal you. Look what else. Preach deliverance to the captives. Well, I like to think about Israel. Israel got away from God. You can see in the Old Testament, they wound off being taken under under bondage by the Assyrians. The Babylonian Empire had them. Uh, the Persian Empire had them. And I mean, it was, was not good news, but guess what? Deliverance to the captives. And if you go back and read the book of Esther, right before the book of Psalms, read Nehemiah and Ezra, those three books, they all came marching back to Jerusalem. It was a wonderful thing. Uh, and at the time, it was horrible. They were all prisoners, just like the Israelites when they went off down into Egypt. And then they crossed the Red Sea. Remember that? They, uh, God got them out of there under Moses. <laughs> A happy time. Now look at the next thing. Recovering of sight to the blind. 
I still got my hands on my hips. When are we ever going to talk about all the, the dirty things in my heart that I'm not living for God right? Well, listen, God wants to help you. He will work with you on things that are not right in your life, but he wants to help you recover from things that are hurting you. Look what else he says, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Boy, God sure is spending a lot of time on my physical needs. Yes, he is. Verse 19 says, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, actually, that's another financial thing. It actually meant every seven years, if you sold part of your property and you had to get a loan or whatever, after seven years, the Israelite nation, under the laws of Moses, they were all canceled. Hallelujah. (laughs) So your debts never went beyond seven years. Praise God. Ah, But anyway. Verse 20 says, he closed the book, gave it to the minister and sat down. The eyes of all them in the synagogue were fastened on him. Remember, we're talking about Jesus. Jesus read all this. Look what he says. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. I beg your pardon? So in other words, what he was saying was there's healing for you today. There's help for you financially. And it's all here for you today. Well, guess what the crowd did? The crowd said, oh, I don't believe this. I'm going to switch this to the uh, Living Bible, and let's watch what happened here. Uh, Here we go. The Living Bible, we're looking down here at verse 21. Uh, Scroll down. Here we are again. Verse 21, he added, these scriptures came true today. (laughs) Boy, that'll wake you up, won't it? Verse 22, all that were there spoke well of him and were amazed by the beautiful words that fell from his lips. How can this be, they said. Isn't this Joseph's son? Yeah, see, they were all starting to rationalize and think, you know what, I know his mama. Remember, he's in his hometown. I know his uncle. Yeah, I know his granddaddy. Whatever. (laughs) Verse 23. Then he said to them, probably you will quote me that proverb. Now look what, this is in your Bible. Look what he says. Jesus said, you're going to say to me, physician, heal yourself. In other words, they were making fun. They didn't believe it. They said, I know his daddy. There ain't no way that this fella is the son of God. Anyway, he goes on meaning, why don't you do a miracle here in your hometown like you did in Capernaum? Verse 24, but I solemnly declare unto you that no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Now, why is that? Well, it's just because we can't believe it sometimes. If we keep reading here, verse 25. For example, remember how Elijah the prophet used a miracle to help the widow of Zarephath, a foreigner from the land of Sidon. There were many Jewish widows needing help in those days of famine, for there had been no rain for three and a half years, and hunger stalked the land, yet Elijah was not sent unto them. Now what was he pointing out here? Partiality? God was not going to help those widows? No, those widows wouldn't help themselves. They had gotten so far from knowing that God would take care of them, they were just, like you say, happy with their poverty. Happy with just not being able to have any help. Of course, they weren't happy, but you know the point. Look at the next thing Jesus said in verse 27. Or think of the prophet Elisha, who healed Naaman, a Syrian, rather than the many Jewish lepers needing help. Uh Uh-oh, look at verse 28. And I'm telling you, this is the reason the Bible is one of the best books in the world. Guess what happened in verse 28? You would have thought they were fixing to crucify him. Well, they were going to kill him. Verse 28, these remarks stung them to fury. And jumping up, they mobbed him and took him to the edge of the hill on which the city was built to push him over the cliff. Now, I tell you what, I grew up in church. I was in Sunday school ever since I was a little boy. 
And I had never heard this story. I didn't have to make any of this up. This is in your Bible. Luke chapter 4. Look at verse 30. But he walked away through the crowd and left them. Now he returned to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and preached there in the synagogue every Saturday. So he went from one church to another. Now watch the difference. Watch what happens. Here, too, the people were amazed at the things he said, for they spoke, for he spoke as one who knew the truth instead of merely quoting the opinions of others as his authority. Once as he was teaching in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon began shouting at Jesus. This guy said, go away. Wow. Wouldn't that disrupt your service? We want nothing to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy Son of God. Jesus cut him short. Be silent, he told the demon. Come out of him. The demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched and then left him without hurting him further. Amazed, the people said, what is this man's words? What's in this man's words that even demons obey him? The story of what he had done spread like wildfire throughout the whole region. Well, I guess it would. Then look what happened. Remember what Jesus said earlier, reason the Spirit of the Lord's upon him. After leaving the synagogue that day, he went to Simon's home and found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Well, I don't know. How do they get the idea that Jesus would heal somebody? Just, I mean, a fever's okay. Give her a couple aspirin, she'll be all right. Well, yeah, but you got to wait for it to burn off. You got to wait till it to maybe two or three days or something, whatever's going on. Apparently, Jesus will take care of a short, insignificant type infirmity or whatever. Yeah, and if your head's hurting you right now, you should do the same thing. You should say, you know, Jesus, heal me now. And guess what? He will. Standing by her bedside, he spoke to the fever, rebuking it, and immediately her temperature returned to normal, and she got up and prepared a meal for them. Uh-oh. This is getting out of hand. But you know what? It's not getting out of hand. It's telling you and I that if we are hurting, whether it's major or minor or whatever our problem is, Jesus will help you. As the sun was setting that evening, the villagers who had any sick in their homes, no matter what their diseases were, they brought them to Jesus and he touched, uh, <clears throat> and the touch of his hands, look at this, healed everyone. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus was still the same? Now, that's ridiculous. He is the same. We don't even need Jesus if he's not the same. He is the same. He's doing the same for all of us. Verse 42, early the next morning, he went out to the desert. The crowd searched everywhere for him. When they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them, but to stay at Capernaum. Now, watch what his reply was. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom in other places too, for that's why I was sent. And that's the reason we have it today too. It belongs to you and I. It, these good, they, there are, these things are ours. Let me go to the book of Mark just a moment. Mark chapter 6. Another little note here, what was going on. This was Mark's account of the same story. Mark chapter 6, look at verse 1. Soon afterwards, he left that section of the country, returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he went into the synagogue to teach. And the people were astonished at his wisdom and his miracles because he was just a local man like themselves. He's no better than we are, they said. He's just a carpenter, Mary's boy. 
and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, Robert, Steve, Dave, Mike, whatever. <clears throat> His sisters live right here among us. And they were, look at this, offended. Well, I should say so. They took him out and were going to throw him off a cliff. Look what Jesus said. Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown among his relatives uh, and among his relatives and by his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any mighty miracles among them except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Wow. So do you think it's uh, important that we believe that Jesus wants to make us well? Yes, it's important. And the silly part of the whole matter is when you're not feeling good, that's sometimes the hardest time to believe because we're like, I don't know. I mean, Jesus will help somebody else, but I don't know if he'll help me. No, you need to remember he will help me. He will help me. Look at Matthew's account of this same story. Matthew chapter 13 here. See, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all record about the same things. Oh, Verse 54, I'm reading Matthew 13, verse 54. He returned to his hometown, Nazareth in Galilee, and taught in their synagogues and astonished everyone with his wisdom and his miracles. How is this possible? The people exclaimed. He's just a carpenter's son. We know Mary, his mother. We know his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, you know, David, Kevin, you know, Richard, Bob, Phil, whoever. And his sisters, they all live here. How can he be so great? And they became angry with him. Now notice, if you, had, you were hurting, and there you get mad. You wanted Jesus to heal you, but now you're mad at him. You know, well, then you're not going to get help because you're mad at him. <laughs> they became angry at him. Then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown, in his own country, and among his own people. Look at verse 58. Wow. And so he did only a few great miracles there because of their unbelief. Wow. It shut everything down. Well, let's see how this works. If you go over to uh, John's Gospel, chapter 1, a very interesting scripture. Look at this. Oh, Verse 10, although he made the world, the world didn't recognize him when he came. Yeah, they said, well, we know who his mom and daddy is. This cannot be God in the flesh. Well, it was. Verse 11, even in his own land, among his own people, the Jews, he was not accepted. Only a few people would welcome and receive him. But all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, also, if you believed him, whatever your problem was, you were healed. Amazing. And it's the same thing for us today. All they needed to do, look at this, is trust him to save them. That's all they needed to do. Let me show you an amazing story here in John chapter 3. Oh, I know you know John 3, 16. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let me give you the reference right above it and tell you what was happening. Oh, verse 14, as Moses in the wilderness lifted up the bronze image of a serpent on a pole. Now, Huntsville emergency vehicles have this symbol on the back of that ambulance. It's a pole with a serpent wrapped around it. 
Now, there's other doctor symbols that have a pole, and they got two serpents. That's a different one. That's a, it's sort of like a pagan symbol. But the single one, the single pole with one snake wrapped around it, the history behind that is this right here. And I'm going to show you the story. The Israelites came out from underneath Egypt, underneath Pharaoh. Moses was taking them to the promised land. They got to whining, going, we're going to die out here. It's so horrible. It's so bad, you know. Well, anyway, all of a sudden, some serpents came out, and they had deadly poison, started biting everybody, and everybody was dying. Moses went to God and said, hey, everybody's dying. And God said, take a pole and beat out a bronze serpent. Important why they took bronze and they beat it. You know, you can, it's softer metal. Really symbolizing that Jesus, when he was on the cross, they beat him to smithereens. I mean, they killed him. They stuck him on a cross. They took this serpent. They wrapped it around a pole. God said, do this. And we'll read this in a moment in, in Numbers chapter 21. And God said to Moses, lift up that bronze pole and that serpent. And everybody that looks on that serpent, although they just got bit, I mean, they're seconds before they die. If they'll just look at that bronze serpent, they'd be healed. Sounds incredible, but guess what? There's, no, there's nothing you did to get the grace to get healed if you got bit. You couldn't get credit for anything except for one thing. What? Believing. God told Moses to do what? What am I supposed to do? I'll do anything. That's what you want to do. I'll trust Jesus. And so they looked at that serpent on the pole and they were healed. No wonder this made it right here, right next to John 3.16. So as Moses in the wilderness lifted up the bronze image of a serpent on a pole, even so uh, <clears throat> must be lifted up. Uh, excuse me. Uh, let's see. Where'd I go? Oh, even so, I, yeah, even so, I must be lifted up upon a pole. Jesus is saying, I'm going to die on a cross. So that anyone who believes in me will have eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, before I go to the numbers, I want to show you, to, for him to tell us John 3, 16, he used as a foundation for John 3.16, healing. Not just, well, the only thing you can get from Jesus is to go to heaven. I'm telling you what, if Phil or Bob or Fred or myself, if we're not feeling good tomorrow, praise the Lord, we can ask Jesus to make us well, and He will. It's all the same power in John 3.16 that He'll take you to heaven because you believe in Jesus. He will take care of your body tonight, tomorrow, today, whatever, if you'll simply believe. Wonderful story. Now, let's go to Numbers and look at that real quick. Oh, let's see. Well, I was there. Here we go. Numbers chapter 21. Woo, here we go. Chapter 21. Oh, yeah, look at this. Oh, the, uh, let's start at verse 4. The people of Israel returned to Mount Hor and from there continued southward along the road to the Red Sea in order to go around the land of Edom. The people were very discouraged. They began to murmur against God and to complain against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They whined. There is nothing to eat here, nothing to drink, and we hate this insipid manna. <laughs> I remember they had manna from heaven. 
they've just lost it. Anyway, verse 6, And the Lord sent poisonous snakes among them to punish them, and many of them were bitten and died. And I don't really think the Lord gave them those snakes. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, notice what happened as a result of, um, <clears throat> of they were thinking, well, we're going to die out here. Then the people came to Moses and cried, We have sinned. We've spoken against Jehovah and against you. Pray to him to take away the snakes. Now, again, where do we get the idea that God will take away our trouble? Well, guess what? You're only going to get it from the Bible. Because if you ask people out there on the road, they'll tell you, you're out in the world, they'll tell you, well, you never know what God's going to do. We can't put God in a box. <laughs> yes, we can. I'm going to put him right in the Bible. So Moses prayed for the people. Notice Moses didn't say, well, now this is good for us. We need to lose about half of us. Especially you over there. I heard what you said. You said some nasty things. No. The Lord said, make a bronze replica of one of these snakes. Attach it to the top of a pole. Anyone who is bitten will live if he simply looks at it. Moses made the replica. And when anyone who had been bitten looked at the snake, he recovered. And that's where John 3.16 came from. That's what fact, Those were the words of Jesus when he said it. Praise the Lord. So what am I going to do? Well, praise the Lord, I'm going to just take it for granted. It belongs to you and I. One last scripture here. One last scripture. Oh. Psalm. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Psalm uh, 103. So you used that last week. You used it the other day. Well, yeah, it's because this is what we're supposed to do. He says, I'll bless the holy name of God with all my heart. Yes, I'll bless the Lord and not forget the glorious things. What? He does for me. Don't you mean the things he did? No. Phil knows it like I know it. No matter what tomorrow is, Dustin does too and Fred and Bob and me. He's going to do it tomorrow. He forgives all my sins. And believe me, when I'm not feeling good, I like looking at this because I want my faith to grow. I mean, I, want my, I don't want to think it disappeared because I need His help. Notice He says, He heals me. Verse 4, He ransoms me from hell. It's sad that most people think all He does is ransom you from hell. No, He'll help you now. Surrounds me with loving kindness, tender mercies. Fills my life, like Brother Phil and I were talking this morning, with good things. You turn around and there's more good things. When we walk out these doors today, you're going to see more good things. Oh, you'll see some troubles out there, but just laugh at them. They won't stay. My youth is renewed like the eagle. Now, when David wrote this, he wasn't 18 years old. He wasn't even 25 like Dustin's age is, you know. Uh-uh. He's king of Israel. <laughs> he was already like me, probably beyond 50 years old or whatever. Praise God. God will help you. I mean, he really will. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. You also take care of us financially. We're not worried about that. You just take care of us. And if we do have any troubles about anything, no matter what it is, we just thank you you'll get us out of that too. That doesn't leave anything left but for us to love one another and to tell others about Jesus and tell them what he's done for us. And that's what we're going to do. Boy, you load our boat up every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise God. <clears throat>